Hi, I'm Austin. I'm Josh. I'm Justin. Have you guys seen Wayne's World? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. We're finishing out our uh, our trilogy of stoner, not stoner movies. This is the party time excellent movie. Party not time. the last one. Not yeah, the Bill and Ted's yeah, one. No. <laughs> you may have caught that at the beginning. That was the kitty sneezing <laughs> when we asked who had seen it. He hasn't seen it. He's only like three something. Yeah. I don't know. He might not be old enough to watch this. <laughs> but we're going to get to it. We're going to watch Wayne's World. Fine. Josh, tell us about Wayne's well, World. What's Wayne's World? Uh, I assume it's about two guys named Wayne. Maybe it's their last... Him. Okay. So like Mario, Mario, and Mario Luigi. And Mario. Yeah. Are they related? Uh, Bob Wayne the, and maybe their brothers. Josh Wayne's. <laughs> sure. Okay. Now I don't. I, re- I really don't know anything about this movie. Good. Like, like Bill and Ted, I'm shocked that I don't know more about this movie. So what sort of strands um, do you think they'll get up to? Yeah, viewing some of the other movies on my list, yeah. Casino Man, Bill and Ted's. I mean, it's it's a it's a stoner not stoner movie, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So they end up. Going to some weird alternate world, not via drugs, <laughs> and maybe they decide to create their own world because they're bored. Okay, it's like a big imagination. It's some like imagination trip. Okay, mm. but not not a drug induced trip. It's more like a like a crash induced trip, yeah, like a yeah. head trauma induced yeah, trip, yeah. maybe or like a manic episode induced trip. But yeah. they both have it at the same time. That's yeah. why I said something physical because yeah. it's an existential crisis both Wayne brothers face. Maybe they just decide to go on a trip. It's like a <laughs> oh, I would love if the Wayans brothers the world. remade this yeah. and had it Wayans world, <laughs> and they just remade it word for word. But it's the Wayans brothers. <laughs> That would be so sick. <laughs> All right, we're going to get to it. We're going to watch Wayne's World. Party time. Excellent. Uh, and be back after this. Alright, we are back. Just having seen Wayne's World. Um, oh, I've seen this so many times. Yeah. Uh, originally on TV, of course. I never owned this movie, which is surprising. I never had it on VHS or DVD. I don't think I ever did either. It was on Comedy Central enough, or, uh, or you know, like TNT or whatever movie channel shows. First impressions, Josh, what do you think? Uh, I liked it. Yeah? I kind of I kind of wish I didn't know was originally a sketch show because it made it paint. It's it's just kind of a sketch movie. Okay. I don't think I would have been as perceptive to that if I didn't know that. Are you not a uh, Are you not familiar with Saturday Night Live? I've seen it on occasion, but I wouldn't say I watch it or anything. Okay, so you didn't grow up with it on no, like in the house or anything. Yeah. No. Okay, so this was on. Uh, this was the early '90s, like as early in the '90s as you can possibly get. Yeah. It was Michael Myers and Dana Carvey. And, um, when, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. The, I'd say one of the Charlie. best Michael Myers films, like Michael Myers driven films. Oh yeah. Probably the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's a special place in my heart for Austin Powers. There's also a special Austin, loathing for the, it. The first Austin Powers is okay. You know, there are worse things to come out that have your name when you're in high school and middle school than Austin Powers. My name's Austin, so of course, constantly, it was just shagadelic, oh, groovy baby, got your groove back, Austin Powers, like, I grew up with that shit. Yeah. But that's okay, because he was, like, into free love and hated capitalism, so he's groovy baby. <laughs> uh People with Wayne as their name, write in. Let us know if this is a good association. I'd, I'd suspect it is. Yeah. Pretty good character. It starts off, and we're running out of Wayne's basement. It's a public access show out of Aurora, Illinois. Yeah, it's just them doing their, their silly little comedy bits. Yeah. They have guests on, make fun of them, and themse- make fun of themselves. And controversial idea. This was, you know, podcasting before podcasting, these late night access shows that were community driven. It was more so Adult Swim before Adult Swim. Like yeah. it was just kooky. You could put whatever you wanted on there. And that's what they're doing. They're uh, they're just kind of playing guitar, making jokes, 
What are some of the segments they have? We see them. Like, Babe of the uh, Week. Yeah, there's, like, the Babe of the Week. They talk about um, music. Um, they interview people. Like they interview the people. They have a lot. Most of, their, most of their things are guest spots. Oh, the haircut guy. Talk about that. That's uh, they had a guy, on presumably just some guy, yeah, that was selling his new products. It was a... A like s- a, sucking cut? Yeah. yeah it was a vacuum, but also a haircutting device. Uh, full disclosure, we had one of these in my family. We were pretty trashy. It was called a Floby. Mm. You can look up a picture of it if you want. It's, and it's exactly what you think. You get your vacuum out, and it's an attachment on one of the tubes that you can pull off the vacuum, and you put it on there, and it's like a buzzer and a sucker. So you get full-length, same length cut all over your head. There's different attachments, but it's shitty because you got a vacuum and a buzzer running right by your head. It's so loud. Yeah. I refused. I never let that thing touch my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it like, breaks down on Garth because he's got a full head of, like, metal hair. His, arguably, his haircut's better than Wayne's in this. Yeah. Wayne's got the full-on mullet. Yeah. Garth definitely has way more style than uh, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Wayne just has the same look throughout the whole thing, which, you know. Wayne's looking like, uh, what's his name in Trailer Park Boys, with the black t-shirt and the blue jeans constantly. Yeah. Wayne wears, like, a trucker hat, though. Um, like we said, this is on my list of stoner, not stoner movies, meaning at this time in America, it wasn't uh, accepted. By, like, the MPAA to have, like, white suburban boys getting high in movies, especially comedies or anything. Right. Uh, You could do it in, like, Cheech and Chong, like, all that stuff, but you had to to do it so covertly in these movies. And it probably would have been rated R if it had shown them... Oh, yeah, illicit drug use? It's PG-13, so... That's what I never got, though. Like, people could roll their own cigarettes, and it looks just like a fucking joint. Like, if you put that in a movie, you don't know what they're smoking. If they're in this movie, they're acting goofy as fuck. You mentioned this, Josh. Mm -hmm. They're, like, making funny faces. They're all, like, stumbling all over the places. They're obviously inebriated in some way. There's not even a lot of alcohol use. No. There Um, is some, but not a lot. Right. He gets that really oversized drink. Man, I I, uh, empathize a lot with Garth as a character. Garth is kind of like reminiscent of Tina Belcher in a lot yeah, of ways. Sure. He's that nerdy, super um, kind of tinkery, aw- socially awkward for sure, and just avoids a lot of conversations with uh, 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 and walking away. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like, like you said, inventive and and uh, the funnier of the two. Yeah. you could. You could argue. They were a really weird pair. Strange dynamic. It's like the dynamic. not straight guy from Encino Man and some nerd character. The not... Okay. Which guy from don't... Encino Man are you referencing? Yeah. The, Who is the straight man? The Leaning Tower of Jesus. Oh, Pauly Shore? Oh, you thought Wayne was more Pauly Shore than Sean Astin? Yeah. Okay. So. Wait. You think that Polly Shore is a straight no, man? No, not straight man, he said. Oh. Neither of them are really okay. straight, and that's what's weird about this movie. Yes. Like, they don't even really seem to have a lot of chemistry. They're, most of their scenes are with them separately. Okay. You don't think they had chemistry? I think they played off each other in none a of, None of the scenes way. really featured both of them. They were all scenes of where they would break. Like, every scene would just split the party and just go to their own thing. And, like, you know, Wayne going after Xa, uh and Garth you know, being awkward in a corner. Like, I can't think of a scene in the movie where they, like, do something together. You're right. That, like, displays their characters. Besides and the show? Yeah, but they only do that, like, once. They do it at the beginning, and that's just them inter some dude, and Garth's <laughs> just sitting there, and then they do it later on when they get the, you know, big show, and... That goes terribly. It's Wayne... <laughs> Doing his own thing, embarrassing the guy, and then leaving, and then Garth sitting there being awkward. Yeah. So, like, yeah, not even during the show, they, they like, do anything together. This is weird. Fun fact. Uh, 
Wayne, Mike Myers, wrote this character when he was in Second City in Chicago. So it's a very Chicago character. Mm-hmm. But they are both Canadian out the ass yeah, in this. the hockey scene. When no, he moved... Just that, no, just... just general... The Their mannerisms, the way they speak. Like, it's, it's you so can't Canadian. can't hide his Canadian-ness, Mike Myers. Dana too. Carvey, too. Yeah. And um, once... Ah, oh, you threw me off track. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, oh, okay. So he wrote this as a single character when he moved to SNL. Dana Carvey was more of a star at the time. So they paired them up. And Wayne, uh, Wayne Mike Myers was like, no, this is a single character movie. And reportedly very difficult to work with because of a, yeah. a, that, but a lot of things too. If yeah, you go to the IMD trivia section. I, I saw one that was... Uh... They wanted to use a different song besides Queen. Oh, they were leaning on like Guns N' Roses, yeah, right? But uh, because Queen is expensive as hell. Mm-hmm. You'd <laughs> think Guns N' Roses would have been too in 1990, uh, but maybe less so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Mike Myers was uh, threatening to quit if they didn't quit if they didn't use mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody. Now they finally gave in. <laughs> now. Reportedly, I don't know if this is true, but I read another story about how they only had butter at the craft services one day and not margarine. And he flipped the trailer and wouldn't come out, or flipped the table and wouldn't come out of his trailer for several hours. And that's the thing you hear from a lot of the later Mike Myers movies is, oh, this is this is a hard person to work with. But you look back on this and you're like, oh, this must have been so much fun to film, and maybe not. Maybe not. Still, really good movie. Uh, I got to see this recently, within the last year, in the theater. Oh, nice. And it was a private showing. A friend had a birthday, and we got to see it at the Guild Cinema, which has been mentioned on this uh, show before, downtown Albuquerque. And, oh, it was sick. We uh, we snuck in some libations, Ah, and uh, it was like seven people watching this on the big screen. Pretty sick. Yeah. It's a very metal movie. Garth is always wearing a different, uh, like, Motley Crue or fucking Ario Speedwagon. It's... I can't tell if it's super smart or super naive. Because these were, like, the... These weren't the heaviest bands, of course. No. These were the underground indie bands. This is totally two dudes pretending that they're 17 again making a movie about Mm -hmm. it. Unlike Bill and Ted, which felt so much more authentic. Yes, it did. <laughs> uh, not saying I like either one better, because the end product is still really good. But Bill and Ted... like It didn't seem like they were... They had chemistry together, for sure, too. Yeah. Um, oh, where do we go? Where do we go from here? So, oh, we were introduced to Rob Lowe, who's lying in bed with someone. Girl. A woman. Yeah, girl. Um, and she's like, oh my god, there's nothing on TV. Just flip, 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 flip. And he's like, there's seven channels. It's 1990. I mean, he probably has cable. He lives in a high rise. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's 57 he's got, channels. He's got all the channels. Because they loop back around to they a couple. <laughs> and she lands on Wayne's world, and he's like, what the fuck is this? And she's like, this is the funniest thing ever. I don't know why it's bright and sunny in this room. It's supposed to be nighttime. Because this is like a daylight scene. They're just waking up watching TV. And at Wayne's house, it's 9 p.m. on a Friday night. This was a huge incontinuity that I realized this time watching. Because <laughs> they're in bed and it's bright as fuck in that room through the window. And she's like, oh, wake up, time, watch TV. And it's live cable access. This isn't a rerun or anything they're watching. <laughs> but either way, he gets interested. He's like, hey, this is shit, but young, stupid people are into it. Yeah, I can take advantage of it and sell it to this guy who wants to advertise. So we have Rob Lowe, and who's this other guy? The guy that they eventually flip. Um, he He's big. I think he's been in a movie we've done before. He's definitely been in Ghostbusters. Yeah, I know that for sure. Ghostbusters. Uh, I don't remember which one or two. Uh, Russell. The actor's name is Kurt Fuller. Oh, he's definitely been in a movie we've done. We haven't done Ghostbusters on this series yet, but we might get to it. I've already seen it. We gotta get a guest then. Yeah. <laughs> what? 
You've seen a movie? What? <laughs> I've actually seen every Ghostbusters movie. Speaking of Ghostbusters, he walks into this uh, heavy metal bar, the Gasworks, with the coolest sign in history. And Garth is in there, and this is a moment where you were talking about where they split up. Yeah. And I really like how the camera keeps following random people around and getting kind of distracted by the main or from the main story. Uh, but Garth goes into the bar and he can't get past this really big dude who like picks him up by the armpits and throws him back pretty violently. Yeah, like Ted Bundy. Oh, I mean Al Bundy. <laughs> Al Bundy <laughs> works in the Donut Mart. We're at the Gasworks right now. Ted Bundy's a scrawny little fuck who can go fucking die again. I was just making a joke that that guy was really violent. Oh, Al Borland is who I'm thinking of. He works in the diner. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you saying? I don't know. The guy from Married... Married with Children? Married with Children. Yeah, he works in the... I'm saying the guy at the bar is who picks uh, Dana Carvey up. Oh, When yes. he throws him back. Uh, and he goes out to his car, like Dennis from Always Sunny, and gets his, like... Batman belt, but this was very Ghostbusters because he like hits the switch and it's got the like warm up sound, tases the twice. fuck out of this big dude. It's more dramatic that way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so these uh, Murphy, you said Murray, was this other yuppie, Rob Lowe and Russell. Russell, was sorry. Character's name. Uh, Rob Lowe and Russell are uh, a pretty cool duo in this movie. And talk about spinoffs. That's one I'd kind of like to watch because I feel like they just go around the Chicago land, which everybody says in this area, and buy up all these tiny shows, tiny little businesses, and eventually it turns into American Psycho. Because, ooh-wee, they are yuppie. They're always wearing windbreakers and suits way too big for him. Man, he's just swimming in that fabric. Like, every pant and shirt and jacket. He gets lost in there. I'm like, where'd Rob logo? <laughs> At least it's not brown, is all I have to say. We've crossed the threshold into, like, colorful fabrics again. Right, yeah, his wind, his windbreaker was, like, neon, was, like... Several neons. Yeah, neon pink and green and... <laughs> So they go to um, the public access station, and this guy looks familiar, the guy who runs the small little, like, public access bunker, who's like, I can't give you that information, are you a friend or family? Yeah, but he was real throwaway, he didn't come back. No, but I'm saying he's definitely, like, John Candy friend or something. Yeah. He shows up in a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, Could have been John Candy. It wasn't John Candy, oh, yeah. but... I, I'm saying I've seen him around in these movies. He probably plays the blues with them. <laughs> uh, he's like, I can't give you that information. And behind the scenes, do you think they just shovel money or cocaine at him? I mean, it's basically the same thing. Not in this tiny town. <laughs> but either way, they get their way and they get this dude's home address. And they show up as they're like, wrapping up filming and they're like, hey... Let me take you out for drinks. And this is where uh, we go to the Tiki Lounge. Daddy-O's. Daddy-O's. It's a giant pineapple. It looks like an old bar we had here called Bert's Tiki Lounge. Oh, back in its glory days. Pretty fun place. It's closed. It moved, and then it sucked even more, and then it closed down. But you used to go in there, and they had giant fish tanks. Um, All the... TV monitors were like old CRT TVs, and they were just playing horror movies every night of the week. And when I first moved here, if you don't know anything about Albuquerque, it's about as high as Denver. I think we're both about a mile up. So moving from sea level to here, it does not take a lot of alcohol to fuck you up. Nope. Burt's would have uh, Thursday night 75 cent PBR PBRs. nights. Yeah. This... Oh, you could go in there for a buck. Fi- I could go in there for a buck fifty, <laughs> <laughs> and just be like, "Fine." Yeah, right. Oh man, play some games Lots of, of pool. Memories mm-hmm. of, of seventy-five cent night PBRs. Listen, like we talked about last week, it's it's two thousand eighteen. Time to uh, patch up my people. It was it was time to get rid of that like aspect of cultural appropriation. The tiki lounge. <laughs> Not gonna say I didn't have fond memories there, but it, it, it it's gone. Yeah. 
there used to be one right next door to it. When I moved it, there were two bars owned by the same dude, and they were a pair of bars. One was Bert's Tiki Lounge, and then next door was the Atomic. Mm-hmm. And that's where you went if you wanted violence with your beer. Like, they didn't have TV mm-hmm. monitors. In Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people like there was like a, a, a really chill stoner place, and then there was the Atomic next door, <laughs> where they did not have TV monitors. They had way more like ruckus live bands. Bert's always had the chill bands. Both reggae. of these places were as big as this living room we're in right now. Yeah, reggae, a lot of stuff like that. Atomic had like thrash, hardcore. Oh. Atomic's the only place I've ever been to where I'm playing a game of pool with someone who got so mad, they broke the pool stick over the table. Like a movie. <laughs> Dude, to get back to the movie, uh, they this Gasworks place, that's what I'm talking about. This is like a cool place would, like that, too. Yeah. We're at the Tiki Bar, though, too. Man, I would love to get to night entry into that place. The Gasworks? Or the Tiki Bar? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the, he offers them, like, $5,000 a piece, Rob Lowe does. He's like, I want to buy your show. And I was at first like, that's, I don't know, $5,000 for my show? And then, of course, we realized it was back in time, so... It was like $10,000 a piece. Each. Yeah. I might do it for that. Just saying, if there's any people out there... in his parents' basement. Yeah. If there's any people out there who are like, hmm, I wonder if these suckers would take $10,000 for their show. You don't make any money in podcasting, dude. No, I know. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I'd take it. I'd grab that shit. And I'd be like, I'll read whatever you want. <laughs> Give me those sponsors. Oh, no. Be careful. <laughs> no, you're right. I, I do have my standards. Well, you know what? I could always phrase it as, hey, I got sent a shitty letter by someone and I'm going to read it for $10,000 and then donated to charity. That'd, that'd be a good old switcheroo Shyamalan twist for them. <laughs> it's like all those people who donated to uh, Planned Parenthood in the name of that terrible church uh, that like protests everywhere. Oh. The inbred uh, family one. Yeah, Westboro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll switcheroo. Take their money and put it into good. Take it out of evil. <laughs> but they take the money, of course. They pretend like, like they know what they're reading. I love the joke where he's like, do you have a lawyer? And they're like, yes. No. We're between lawyers. We're between lawyers is a great line <laughs> that I have yet to use in real life. But I'm just waiting for the right moment. Ooh, another callback to last week's episode in Psycho. They're at the Gasworks so many times in this episode, but his ex shows up for the second time. First we see her at the the donut shop. Now she shows up and we hear their ree, 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 ree. I always forget her in this movie, her character in this movie. Yeah. It's almost like she's pointless. No, for me, I get her, like, I just think that the parts of her in this movie, I interpose into another movie. And, uh, that's so I married an axe murderer. Arguably better movie. I know I said arguably a lot, but I'm in the mood to argue. <laughs> we'll put that on the list. That's a good one too. Uh, another redhead, just like her. Yeah. Way deeper into the psychosis, maybe. Like this. I'm just saying, like that's why I, I always forget she's in this movie because it's so much like that character mm-hmm. in that movie. Uh, watching this movie after seeing some more recent Michael Myers movies. <laughs> like what, Cat in the Hat? Oh. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that. I have not seen that all the way through, but I've seen enough of I it. Have. Oh, we should put it on the list. No, no don't. <laughs> I, ugh. I don't have enough bad movies to make. I'm not going to be on the show that week if you do Cat in the Hat. I'll be out of town and you can <laughs> fucking record it at your place. <laughs> It's just you. Hi, have you seen? Yeah, I have. Record a clip of us saying no in a different episode. And then just talk the entire time. Put it. I mean, you got all the passwords. If you want to do that and put it on the feed, yeah, that's no, fine. Yeah, no, I'll edit an episode to where it's just like you guys talking. So oh. it'll be like, yeah, this movie is stupid. 
<laughs> Take all our other reactions. Be like, oh, this was our favorite movie. It'll ever. be real easy for Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I take all the time he's talked and all the other episodes. All right, here we go. <laughs> Done. They both loved Cat in the Hat. Everybody should watch it. But no, uh, no, don't watch Cat no. in the Hat. <laughs> Not recommended. I will not let that stand on this. Yeah, not recommended. <laughs> we don't stand for a lot of things. The list is growing of the things Have You Seen doesn't stand for, and Cat in the Hat is on that list. <laughs> uh, but no, no, no. Going back to this movie after watching some more recent ones, it's like, wow, he's really kind of making the other characters in an Adam Sandler way suck his dick. Yeah, they noticed that a lot this time, too. Like, oh, you learned Cantonese in a week for me? And then they, I mean, given, really funny scene. Yeah, it was a funny scene. <clears throat> but it would be so much better if everyone wasn't constantly complimenting him. Yes, there's there is a little bit too much of that in this. It kind of feels and, like an Adam Sandler movies where all his friends are in there just like, great job, you're the coolest, you're the best at shooting guns and kicking soccer balls and being a dad. At least, though, he didn't make his friends literally eat piles of shit like Adam <laughs> Sandler does. <laughs> and he gave Dana Carvey credit a few times where it felt pretty wholesome. Where he's like, I didn't even save the day. My buddy Garth did. And I was like, oh, okay, good for you. This this movie holds up because of that. Yeah. Uh, so he's at the Gasworks and he sees Cassandra perform with her band, the Wild Stallions 2. No, I don't know what they're called. That was Phil and Ted's band. <laughs> uh, She's a babe. Swing. Swing. I'm glad they said that because we were discussing earlier movie about who is supposed to be attractive. Yeah, Josh... <laughs> Why don't you explain that? So there is a scene where Garth is in the nut shop, and he looks at this girl that I suppose he finds attractive, and they do this big zoom in, and like they change music, and it's a big deal. It's the and this is, this is what later ladies early is I legitimately did not know if they were supposed to be attractive or it was supposed to be a joke. No. And that he finds an, an unattractive girl attractive because he's not, you know, attractive himself. At first this comes across <laughs> kind of odd, but you explained it to us in a way that I'll, I'll try and make some sense out of it with. You're saying that you watch a lot of anime, correct? I watch a lot of, lot, a lot of things. A lot of anime, though. Yes. And you were saying that in those, a lot of times they'll have this build-up to a girl who's kind of... Uh, what they consider a butterface. A really... Not even just in anime, like a lot of shows in Really? Form. Is that a com- is Okay. Do, it's, it's a bit, right? Where they like, they build up the like, so-called quote-unquote hotness of a girl, and, and then, then they reveal she's face. an uggo or whatever. Yeah, so... Because like, Garth isn't attractive, so like... That's you know. not this. What do you mean Garth's not attractive? I mean... <laughs> you don't think, do you don't think Dana Carvey's attractive? Yeah. This isn't Maybe Master it's supposed of the Skies. To be? No. That's the thing. I mean, they're talk, not supposed to be. Yeah. Beauty <laughs> we is, talk a lot about fashion. Beauty is in the movies. eye of the beholder. Sure. Yes. So it's it's subjective. Mm. I think a lot of the times... They were clearly trying when to be attractive. We, okay. Now that we've seen the movie. A lot of times when we watch movies, they're based in previous decades. The 80s, the 70s, sometimes even the 40s. And so a lot of those fashion, I think, and hair choices and just style choices in general, we associate everybody. When you're born, you associate certain style choices with what looked like old people at the time because people generally, after who a certain age, don't change their style anymore. Mm-hmm. The, so I think like we see movies like Chopping Mall and everyone's wearing fucking mom jeans. Because that was the style then. And a lot of moms just clung to it because that's what was cool when they were cool. Yeah. And that's why they're called mom jeans now. Exactly. They weren't called mom jeans when they came out. They were called, like, jeans. make your camel toe look awesome jeans in the 80s. I don't know. And it happens to everybody. I'm sure a lot of the things we grew up thinking look cool. No. You know what? There's not any grandpas still wearing like gonna be wearing Jinko jeans that are Frosted like tips. Oh no, <laughs> that's something that died. <laughs> yeah. 
there's still dudes with frosted tips. That's that is that's there's still the thing. dudes with mullets. There's not a lot of dudes in trip pants. <laughs> no. With the big old belts and stuff. I'm trying to think. Like, I know one person. Mm, yeah, I know a couple of people. <laughs> okay, so maybe there will be rave culture grandpas. That's what was big when like I was in high school, yeah. kind of graduating when when styles dictated for a lot of people, I guess. So, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from, because a lot of the styles we see in movies, it's, like, the main love interest, the main, like, hot dude, the main, like, hot character, whatever, has these aesthetics that today, if we saw, would be, like, whoa, that's super dated, but not in a way that's cool, like, hipster retro at all. Right. So, I don't know. I, I'm sure the Donut Girl's hot, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like both of the girls that yeah. you questioned They're all were hot. like we're 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 hot. Like uh, you show a picture of that to like most people, I think they would say. The Donut yeah. Girl was a well known model at the time. Yeah, and that's really? that's yes. the gang. Wow. That was the whole gag. She was like <laughs> She was a supermodel. <laughs> yeah. And the thing was Garth finally got her. He he is a loser. And that's why I found it so funny that you were like, is she, what, does that mean she's supposed to be hot or what? And I'm just like, I mean, look at her, man. <laughs> and then it shows, different strokes, it, I guess. it shows Tina Carrera and Mike Myers is looking at her and there's a star filter around <laughs> yeah. her and it's Tina Carrera. But and he he's says, like, he says, she's a babe. And he's like, thank you. Now I know. <laughs> Listen. I get it. I have face blindness I mean, sometimes. I don't remember to say people that by their that name. Scene. Like, the setting made it pretty... Like, whoever's on that stage playing that instrument is probably supposed to be concert. <laughs> but I am still glad they said it. Yeah. Thank you, movie. <laughs> Thank you for telling me who's supposed to be attractive. I wish that was in the closed caption of every movie. This woman is attract considered no, attractive in be, canon. It would just be, like, attractive. their character's name and yeah. then, like... A scale of one through ten. Oh, okay. Next. <laughs> every every. Is this and is this right is now? this dictated by the MPAA? Like, <laughs> wow, what a cruel world that would be, and it we do live in right now. <laughs> what does it matter if anyone else considers her attractive or not? <laughs> but we're like, of course, it's Tina Carrera. She's playing bass on stage with her band. <sighs> I don't know her band's name. I don't think they had a name. Well, they had it was a on name. the drum. It was on the drum. Oh, it's always on the drums. Yeah. And immediately, Wayne is smitten. At this point, him and Garth have split up. Um, like you said. To do. And <clears throat> each have gone on their own little adventures. He meets Tina Carrera and is like, hey. That, that was so awesome. I'm Wayne, and I can probably make you la laugh with my uh, dumb jokes at some point or another. And yeah. she's like, I love booger humor. Just <laughs> Every scene in this, you're like, Wayne, you're fucking this up. And she's like, ha, 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 I love you. <laughs> I got paid $10,000 to like you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, did he fight for Tia Carrera to be in this movie as well? No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. The other model was Claudia Shifford, I believe. That this sounds right. She was like the babe of the week they were reviewing on Wayne's World, so that would make sense. Yeah, it was that same girl. Mm -hmm. uh, after Wayne and Cassandra meet, they... I mean, he's he falls for her. He learns Cantonese in a week, so the next time he can see her... They hang out, and he can impress her. Yeah. And we get another appearance of uh, his ex. Was it, like, Gretchen? Yeah. And, I mean, the joke setup was that at first it makes it look like he just barely learned how to say, you look pretty. And that was, like, the whole joke. Oh, you're talking about the Cantonese. Yeah, yeah. the Cantonese thing. And then they, like, go end up going into, like, a deep conversation where they just continuously talk Cantonese, which I think would have been funny. Like, if they had just done it that and without, like, the extra patting him on the back for it, mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of took away from it. <laughs> and uh, Gretchen's there at the same time, and she's talking to Garth, and she's like, what do I do? I have this Wayne necklace. I'm fascinated with him. I have a shrine of him into my house. It's like Helga from Hey Arnold. <laughs> and he's just like, maybe date somebody else? And she's like, fuck yeah, I'll do that. 
I'll follow him with this other dude and start making out so he gets real jealous. And then fall through a window and not die. Yeah, right onto a couch. couch. (laughs) A very well-placed couch. Mm -hmm. No one's cut up at all. Uh, The gag I find funnier is the friend who's always fucked up. (laughs) The first time we see him is in the Bohemian Rhapsody car scene. Uh, And then we see him at work, and he's like... Oh, I was right about the song. Great. Okay, good. I thought it was Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was some controversy while recording. Uh, Josh didn't want to be embarrassed by getting the song wrong, so he looked it up and thought he got it wrong. So you did get it wrong. No. <laughs> Take that pride. <laughs> no, you you got it. It's Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. I have not seen that new movie. I don't plan on seeing it, especially with all the scandal coming about out about the director of it now. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, yeah, this running gag of their friend being fucked up, he's at work, he's totally fine, he's straight. And then the next time we see him, he's just sitting there, like, bleary-eyed, barely able to stand up again. Mm-hmm. It's, this is one of those guys that works fine, but Always as soon drunk. as he clocks off, he gets fucked up. And you're like, god damn, bro, you gotta, you gotta take it easy. This is definitely a slice of life. This is like... Wanting to capture what it was like growing up at 17, 18, probably a little older, because they graduated. Yeah. Bill and Ted are still in high school. I was trying to pay more attention to their background friends yeah. this time and see what, what kind of personalities they got. There's, no, the, there's the guy who says, I love you. Uh huh. Constantly. Lot. He's Constantly. just on Molly, I think. Yeah, right. Then there's the sick drunk guy, the guy who gets sick and drunk all the time. Then there's the. F- and then there's the aggressive dude, like the aggressively flirting dude. Mm hmm. Because the only do time we ever see him is like when he <laughs> tells a woman, Do I scare you? And then she says no, and he says, Should I? The wife of the head of the corporate office. Yeah. Uh, gets. He gets interested in the show because it's purchased by his company. He comes down, he's like. Hey, I own all these arcades. Noah's Arcade. Ha ha ha. It's brilliant. Um, his backstory is one day he saw a bunch of kids playing Pac-Man. And they pumped like 50 bucks into this machine and it didn't give shit back. And he's like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> all I have to do is pay for the electricity and buy these vending machines that don't give anything back other than entertainment. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Wait till the second video game crash. This had to be... That's when he killed himself. (laughs) An arcade, though, in 1990, this had to take place in, like, 1980, if you think about it. Yeah, in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, arcades were still big, but it was the second... It was, like, the renaissance of arcades in 1990. The second boom. Mm -hmm. Uh, The big one was in, like, Pong, Pac-Man era. What I'm saying is, he wouldn't have survived. He wouldn't have been around through the video game crash and then You're still been a millionaire. Isn't realistic. <laughs> I'm just trying to establish his timeline. Like better. whenever uh, Garth asks Wayne if he has a plan and he says, well, I've got one. He opens the door and it's like people training for a com- like in combat. Yeah. And like a door that he has hidden away. This, this movie's very cartoonish, which is why I think I liked it. Uh, it's outlandish. They're constantly breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Everyone's talking to the camera. At one point, they leave Wayne and get distracted by, uh, what's his name from a uh, modern family now, uh, married with children. Yeah, is it wasn't it Al Bundy? Al, yeah. Well, the actor like Ed Ed something Ed Nelson Ed Nelson. Uh, I don't know. But uh, he he takes the camera and he's like, oh, it was a deep dark day in Vietnam when he kills someone in the heat of battle. It's it's like honorable when you're doing it in the heat of passion. It's murder. Yeah. Wayne comes. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing? This is my movie." He's got a few lines where it's basically just him being super dark and everybody else being like, "Uh, no, not I didn't mean that." And he's like, "Oh, <laughs> that's that's his whole personality." I feel like that's the same guy that came in and was talking about getting laid off with a pink slip that was at the radio station. I don't think it was. Oh, okay. it might have been. Okay. Hey, give him two rolls. You give Johnny Depp two rolls in every movie. <laughs> uh, so, they get set up. Cassandra's band gets signed by Rob Lowe also. To do a music video. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a whole album contract. 
What I would like to see them do is more original songs and less covers. They're a cover band, man. I don't think so. You can't do fucking music videos as a cover band. You're playing local gigs for the rest of your life. I'm sorry. If you're a cover band, have you ever seen a big time cover band on like MTV or YouTube, I guess, these days? I've seen covers, yeah. of course, but they didn't. Not an entire cover band. I guess I have found bands because they did a cover. But this seems like they have original songs. Mm-hmm. Like, when they're finally doing the music video in Chicago, that doesn't sound like I want candy or something. <laughs> they're playing poppy as shit stuff. It's supposed to be heavy, but she sounds like Shania Twain in most of the songs. She was good for, like, the first few times we saw her, but then, like, once Rob Lowe was involved... Right. It started getting shitty. <laughs> Same with Wayne's World. They move it into the big studio. They start making changes. And at this point, I was like, if Wayne and Garth seize control... This could be cool, because they have an announcer, they have a full band, they got a full production studio behind them, green screens, the works. Yeah. But they don't have control. Uh, They come out, and immediately Noah from Noah's Arcades is sponsored. He comes out, and Wayne is given a handful of cards to interview him with, like like pre-written questions. And it's amazing... None of this was gone over in the rehearsal. The dress rehearsal. They're just finding out about it now. I think that's planned, though, by Rob Lowe. That's Rob Lowe's plan. Yeah. Because he sends them to the Alice Cooper concert, and they barely make it back in time to film. So they might have missed their... You can't miss your first dress rehearsal. Why would your producer do that? That's so shady. Because he's scummy. Yeah. And they didn't get it at all. And he wanted his girl. Yeah. He's trying to steal Cassandra. Um, they show up and he's reading these cards and Wayne, you mentioned Josh, Mm -hmm. this is really good improv. In two minutes he comes up with a joke to fuck with them and their unchanged Yeah, it was pretty great. Or their changed plans. I kind of wish we saw more of that from Wayne. Mm Mm-hmm. Him doing, like, stuff on the fly and it working out really well. What'd he do? (laughs) He wrote a bunch of insulting things. (laughs) Cards. This was 1990, so uh, Sphincter Says What was still a huge thing. Yeah, yeah, he did the Sphincter Says and, What thing, and then he was like, well, what did he have written on the cards? It was like... Uh, he's fucked a goat, I have proof. Yeah, this guy is fucked a goat, I It have didn't proof. say fucked, obviously. I have, uh, this band has no penis. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> and they're loving it, and he has no idea, Mr. Noah. The show goes over, it seems to be a hit, and... Uh, it's, you know, it's right before the second act fall. It's good time. Sim was that Cassandra. live? Was that show live? Yeah. So everybody saw that. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. It's interesting that they bought it up and then still put it out live. <laughs> good point. <laughs> yeah. They probably would have recorded a couple days early. Maybe this whole thing was a dress rehearsal and that joke was wasted. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that, like, because that, I figured that live, like, why didn't someone else pick them up? Yeah. I thought that was going to be, because they get picked up by an actual corporation that lets them do what they want or whatever it is hard to tell it's like the ending of clue yeah (laughs) that there's like three endings yeah (laughs) but uh once they're signed they uh wayne and cassandra are having a lot of good times and i discovered my new favorite section of or uh, imdb because of this movie it's called the parental section Mm. and some perverts sorry it's the parents guide if you want to look some perverts have gone and explicitly explained everything parents might find offensive so you have different categories you've got sex and nudity violence and gore profanity alcohol drugs smoking frightening and intense scenes and certification i don't know what that last one is but uh certification i'll I'll maybe go back to that one and find out what... Oh, okay. How Who certified it? The MPAA and the different boards. Okay. It is implied that intercourse takes place in one scene where Wayne and Cassandra are in bed being playful, but, not, says... but not sexual. In parentheses, no kissing. He jumps on top of her playfully and a caption read, gratuitous sex scene, played for laughs. A couple are seen making out in the background at the gasworks. (laughs) Wayne pulls his underwear up so we can see most of his butt. Played for laughs. 
<laughs> I like their excuse. Like, it's okay if it's played for laughs. But also the fact that they came in here. Oh, in some scenes when attractive women walk by, Wayne and Garth explain, exclaim, Schwing! Played for laughs. <laughs> it's not played for straight on dick. Yeah. What, are, what are you talking about? Played? But I just love this section. I'm going to review every movie and see... What I want to see. Segment? I want to see that in like um, on like for like a horror movie. Like if you were watching Silence of the Lambs and it was like Ooh. violence. And it was like it was like. <laughs> Don't watch this. Oh, if there's a parents' guide, that end up. So <laughs> since it's the theme of the show, let's go to the alcohol, drugs, and smoking references. It's mild with only two scenes. A few alcohol references. People are shown drinking at the bars, <laughs> as you'd expect. Yeah. The second one. Phil acts like he is on drugs all the time. When Wayne and Garth find him, he acts stoned. Played for laughs. Was he supposed to be stoned? That that That, that looked drunk one. as yeah, shit. He was drunk, the rest of them were stoned. Yeah. And the one guy was on ecstasy. <laughs> uh this Saturday segment played for laughs. <laughs> There's a few episodes of uh, profanity. Played for gore. Wayne says in one scene that he's pissed off. A few uses of damn, a few uses of ass, one use of dick. Five or six various uses of shit, but nothing too aggressive. In one you... <laughs> There's different... Well, you can say shit or you can say shit. <laughs> That's a shit. <laughs> Five or six... Oh, oh shit. <laughs> In one scene, Garth insults Wayne vulgarly as a plane goes overhead so nothing is heard. But afterwards, Wayne says, do you kiss your mother with that mouth? Implying strong languages. Some slang words are also used. <laughs> slang! Because, you know, we don't it's want profanity. any of those slangs. There are no frightening or intense scenes. Uh, <laughs> the only scenes of violence and gore we have on here is a woman uses... They don't even say Cassandra. Uses martial arts to punch and kick a few people. Comical and not explicit. Yeah, this is... Uh, played, it didn't say played for laughs. It's different people rating each one. Oh. You got one guy who reviews it for the uh, sexuality and one Ooh, yeah, one, one woman guy. who reviews it for the violence yes you do that guy that, <laughs> if you ever meet that guy make sure that you watch your drinks <laughs> hey ha have you ever seen the movie The Changeling you know there's like no scenes of explicit sexuality in that whole movie that's what I do for a living so I Watch movies with my notebook, and I count them up to protect the kids. Someone hits on her in a bar, and she <laughs> goes on her phone, talks about writing down the encounter, <laughs> and then doesn't put played for laughs at the end. <laughs> Got rejected again tonight. Played for laughs. <laughs> um... We get to the downfall, and it's all Wayne's fault. He becomes... <laughs> played for laughs. Played for laughs. I opened, I opened the door and found his dead body hanging from a noose. Played for laughs. He always had a dark sense of humor. <laughs> it's funny because I don't want to ruin a movie that's going to come up. Okay. Oh... <laughs> uh. Remember when he pulled his underwear up his ass? It was played for laughs. And not aggressive. Not aggressive. <laughs> it wasn't an aggressive shit. No, no it aggressive shit. It was a moderate shitting. shit. <laughs> That's one thing you can say about Wayne's World. There's no aggressive shitting. <laughs> um, him and Cassandra get in an argument because he becomes all possessive and jealous. And he's like, oh, that producer screwed me over. I didn't like anything they did to my show, even though I didn't read the contract. Which, evil producer, of course. Here's my take on this. Cassandra should not be with him. With Wayne? <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue sometimes there's just chemistry between people. No, not just because of that, but like he gave off several red flags on how needy he and possessive did. he was. Mm-hmm. He says, are you poking him? 
They're having a serious conversation. He's like, you're going away for three days? Oh, we haven't been away that from each other that long since we met. Two, th- three days ago. <laughs> Are you poking him? And it's like, whoa, he might be like 15. Is this- that slang? That's the slang. <laughs> yeah. The poking. She's like, what the fuck what is, is wrong with you? you? I'm like, Are a- you like Jack from that... That Robin Williams movie, Jack? I'm like a 27-year-old woman. How old are you, Wayne? He's like, like 17, I just dropped out. (laughs) Uh, So they, like, kind of break up, but he... And that wasn't even the first time, because right Right. after they had sex, she gets a call, and he's like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? And he hears that there was a dude's voice, and he's like, oh, who's that? I remember him doing this a lot in movies, though, Mike Myers. Like, that was played for laughs back then. Like, being kind of possessive. Austin Powers did it. So I Married an Axe Murder definitely did it. Mm. But she leaves to Is go to Chicago. Well, no, a lot of this shit isn't funny. It just doesn't age well. <laughs> it wasn't funny at the time. Uh, and she's filming a music video in the lush gardens of chicago there's at one point where she they're both driving in his toyota tracel and there's palm trees right palm out the tree, window yeah. you're like this is nowhere this near chicago chicago yeah. beach yeah <laughs> these chicago winters are so tough there's a dolphin jumps on the background uh he ruins the photo shoot he comes they've already called cut at least because the snake's too big and has fallen asleep but he pulls all the film out of the camera and it this is a funny gag. It just keeps falling out for minutes and minutes. But this wins her back. Somehow. <clears throat> no, I think it was more of like that Rob Lowe creeped her out. Constantly? Constantly. Or There's something. nothing creepier than being yelled, You're hot! through a megaphone. <laughs> like, that is so insincere. <laughs> Shake it, baby. Yeah. Just... <laughs> what situation could that be sensual in? <laughs> No, because it was like that weird scene where she was like, no, just go home, uh, Wayne, just go home. And then Rob Lowe comes up and he's got the snake and he says something and she's like, is that you or the snake? And he's like, it could be either. And then he runs and she just runs away. Yeah. She has two options, Wayne and Rob Lowe in this movie. She's got more than two options. I'm saying in this movie, the way (laughs) Michael Myers wrote it. (laughs) Oh, so she had... One option. <laughs> <laughs> because he literally changes time and space when she winds up with Rob Lowe. <laughs> like, he fights reality. Uh, yeah, they break up. They kind of get back together. They have this huge plan to make her big by getting him back in his parents' basement on his public access show. And Garth is going to sci-fi it into Mr. Big's limo. Yes. He does it. No problem. By pinging the network. You think this is like satellite relay? Whatever. He broadcasts it onto Mr. Big's four-inch TV in his limo and has Cassandra doing another fucking cover. And I'm like, this is her big shot. Why are you doing a cover? And why are you doing this cover? Like, it's a little harder than your other stuff, but I thought you were going to be like heavy metal and this is not cutting it. She does a ballroom blitz. We were joking that hopefully his speakers don't sound like shit from that little three-inch TV. <laughs> yeah, he probably it's probably coming in through the stereo system, hopefully. Because otherwise she's not getting signed. They give their address out on public television. So he shows up at... He's the only one that shows up at their house. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. uh-huh. What's the make-a-happy ending? No, so first we have the bad ending. They go down there, Cassandra's like, I'm leaving you for Rob Lowe. He has a car and a really nice house and books on how to pick up women for some reason and a balcony and can order Chinese food in uh, Cantonese. Yes. And he's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Mom, (laughs) you make some more Hot Pockets for me and Garth? Uh, Hot Pockets is the 90s bagel bites. Okay. Pizza rolls, at least. Ooh. You can have pizza anytime. Yeah. Pizza's not a bagel. <laughs> they didn't do an ad. We didn't talk about the seat. Oh, that. They, they advertised. That was probably the Go for it. Joke. It was great. Go for it. There was a scene when in the big studio before they were filming Wayne's World where 
they're talking about the contract, not all, just some of it. And Basically Wayne, about product placement. Yeah, and Wayne is not happy <laughs> with what the big man's telling him. So throughout the entire scene, he inadvertently advertises for like 10 different companies. It's so well done. It's pretty great. And it's all these nostalgia-branded products. Pepsi like and Doritos. Pizza and, Hut. Yeah. And Reebok. And they did it to make it like kind of seem like they were having a conversation, but it was just like... Saying My voice The voice of a new Generation (laughs) As if Pepsi's the voice Of a fucking generation And sugar water (laughs) Oh remember when She handed a Pepsi To a cop And it stopped those riots Yeah Like Black Lives Finally Mattered Mm -hmm. Because of Pepsi (laughs) Oh they've been trying That shit forever Haven't they I guess Coke did the same thing With like I wish I could give the world a Coke and that kind of shit. Like, yes. Why are soft drinks so into that? Like, just say, hey, it's sweet and bubbly. You're already addicted. Just give us your money. Yeah, it's sweet, bubbly, and if you serve it cold, it's probably good. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. But, um, Cassandra, uh, this is the bad ending. Cassandra leaves him. Their show gets canceled. The house explodes. There's fire. Wayne is just like, ha, ha. Ah, 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 carrying Garth out of the charred rubble of the house at the end. And Rob Blow and uh, Cassandra. Cassandra on a beach. On a beach, and they talk about how great their sex was. We have this sort of uh, trading places happy ending where they're just on a beach in the Caribbean. Played sex, played for laughs. Played for laughs. That oh, was, that what wasn't if you're played for laughs? That was played for pain. What if your sex was played for laughs? <laughs>, <laughs>, <laughs> Uh, yeah, played for pain. Because Wayne's and Garth are like, we don't, wait, we don't want to end it that way. Let's do the Scooby-Doo ending. (coughs) (coughs) They change reality for the second time. And then they're like, let's do the super mega happy ending. And I mean, this is kind of fun. It's, um, it's kind of like, like I said, like Clue. They're just altering reality. This one, Wayne and Cassandra end up together. She gets signed. Mr. Big comes over. You know, happy ending. Six album deal. Yeah. Oh. And this is a question I have. With Bill and Ted, it was about a band that couldn't play. And band very loosely used because they were two guitarists who wanted a third guitarist. Yes. Eddie Van Halen. This is about Wayne... Who can shred on guitar? Garth, who is amazing, like John Bonham on this fucking drum set, and they don't have a band? What are you doing? <laughs> they have the other bandmates, they've got the crew who are all like long haired metalheads. Why don't they have a band? Even in I the second one. I think that's the whole the whole like part of the gag. What? That they're really good at music, and that they want to do music, but they just don't do it. They never say they want to do music. I don't think they do. Yeah. I think they has never occurred to them. They're like, we should do a podcast together. (laughs) And they never We'll talk about all the music we like. Yeah. Hey, man, are you good at playing music? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. All right, back to the show. (laughs) (laughs) Even in the second one, which... The premise is they start, like, Wayne Stock, like, a huge fucking concert. Spoilers. They're still not in a band. Like, I won't tell you the reason why. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it, it's very odd to me that there, there's no band featured. Why is there no band? It's not that kind of movie. I guess. Maybe you just couldn't have Cassandra's band if they were also a band. Uh, no, they were never abandoned SNL sketch either. Well, I don't care. I'm, they all play instruments, and they show it constantly throughout this movie. The start of the show is them playing instruments. Yeah, and Garth has this huge solo at the records or the guitar store, and people are like, "That was amazing!" Because it's Dana Carvey on like a twenty-four piece set. Um, so this is pretty much the end. There are several stinger scenes. It's just them talking. Into the camera, yeah. But there's... Stinger scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sam, Samuel Jackson didn't walk out and invite them to the... the 
We're putting the team together. Stoner, yeah. Stoner initiative. You hear, whoosh, ran out of a glowing phone booth, Bill and Ted. Step out. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Oh, that would be the best crossover movie. I would love that. We're on our way to pick up Polly Shore. Whoa. <laughs> and Sean Astor? No. Were there any Polly Shore movies where he had a better number two? think so. Who's his number two in In the Army now? I don't remember. Is that one? I bet that's like, uh, I think that's one of the Baldwin brothers, like Daniel Baldwin. Mm. So, no. Oof. Uh, would you recommend this movie? Yes. Yeah. I would too. It holds up. Yeah, constant laughs. Uh, there's that scene where they're talking where the air plane is about to fly over and they're like have you ever found Bugs Bunny attractive while he's wearing a dress yeah <laughs> they're both like no no <laughs> no <laughs> um one piece of trivia when they were fem- filming the Bohemian Rhapsody scene they all hurt their necks from headbanging they were not metalheads they didn't know how to do it correctly and for the rest of the shoot, you can kind of tell because they're both kind of robotic in the way they turn their bodies and necks, and it makes sense now. Like, they turn their shoulders at the same time as they turn their heads. Uh, like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, a Batman and Robin movie with Wayne and Garth? There we go. He's the tech genius. We get a lot of the use of the Mission Impossible song in this mm. from Garth's uh, gadgetry. All right. Uh, you can reach us at FapCheck on Facebook, FapCheck at gmail.com, and FapCheck on YouTube. I'm not going to say .com. Everybody knows what YouTube is. I don't even think you have to put in the .com when you www.http://www.youtube.com. Backslash FapCheck. If you want to go directly there with no faults. Uh, we have another show we do called Amazeballs, where Justin and I cover TV anthology shows, mostly focusing right now on the 1980s series Amazing Stories yeah. by Steven Spielberg and his friends. A lot of Robert Zemeckis stuff on that show. Anything you want to plug right now? No, not really. Justin has been doing... Stand up. Oh yeah. For the first time, you did it twice now. I have. And it's going good. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Uh, do you want to announce any of those coming up dates? I don't know when those are coming again. Well, they um, have them pretty regular. There's a uh, uh, yeah. I guess if you're in Albuquerque, you could go to one of the open mics. They have them on uh, Sunday at Bosey Brothers. They have them. Um, Wednesdays at Red Door and Saturdays at New York City Pizza Department. That's a lot of comedy. Now you gotta make sure you're still performing in like four months when this episode goes up. Yeah. Shut up. And then <laughs> I'm gonna edit you out. You're out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's more than that, but those are the ones I've gone to. Yeah, before this happened, like before we started checking those shows out, I was interested in seeing comedy, maybe even doing comedy, but we didn't have a lot going on that we knew about where we lived. Finally looked into it, got into the scene, it's been pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing better than going to a bar, having a beer, and listening to people practice their material. I like the roughness of it. I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the last one was good. The crowd was receptive to most people. I feel like most people did better that night than... That was a Saturday night. Yeah. That was your first Saturday night. That's that's, that's what you'll you'll see. I mean, Sunday, oof. That's only the people performing and, like, me and the bartender. And then Wednesday night is, like, yeah, people who like drinking on Wednesdays. <laughs> and then Saturday, you got, you got people going out. Yeah. Oh, man, some funny incidences that night. Like... A lot of, lot, of, lot of drama in the bar. <laughs> Some hecklers, hecklers, that's always fun. Yeah, drunk people being drunk people. But, yep. you know, you're at bars. It tends to happen. <laughs> racist assholes being racist assholes still. <laughs> yeah. Do you just boo? Like, that, that feels a little overt. 
like then it's a, then it's about you too. Yeah. But of course you should boo racism, or do you just not laugh? Do you let yeah. the silence kill them? Because that doesn't seem like it's as assertive, but it kills somebody on stage. Yeah, it does. Just let it sear into their flesh. <laughs> I will uh, say, having been up there, silence is deafening. <laughs> <laughs> You'd rather have people like, like oh, well, at least it's something. I have a I have a reference of time passing if there's a little bit of noise. Yeah, have I been standing up here for two seconds or five minutes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never done stand-up, but I've done a few of our podcasts live, and I, I know what you mean. You're up there, and you hear those crickets going, and you're like, oh, God. Did I miss 10 minutes or 10 seconds? Yeah. Is it... Uh, 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 are the media police coming for me? Uh, you got anything, Josh? No, not really. All right, cool. Um, me neither. I mean, I got some new like, stickers and shirts for sale, but yeah. they don't have anything to do with the podcast. Whatever. If anybody has some requests, I'll put them up on the Fap Check page. You can check it out. Until next time, you know, we're doing... Special two-parter this week. Um, yeah, we're going to Kendrick Jean Brand as a guest. Speaking of local comedians, she will be joining us in a couple days from now, and we'll be watching a movie that Justin has never seen. Yep. Uh, you already know the name of it, right? Mm-hmm. So we can announce it. Yeah. It's Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah. I'm excited. This is one I go back to every once in a while. Um, I won't say anything else. Because that could ruin it. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Austin. I'm Josh. I'm Justin. Bye.